Yo, next round is about to start. You ready? Yeah, yeah, just shopping for a car in Carvana. For real? Yeah, Carvana makes it super convenient to shop whenever, wherever. For real? That's a ton of car options. Yep, and these are all within my price range. For really real? You can afford that? Yeah, with Carvana. And boom, just like that, I'm getting it delivered in a couple days. For really, really real? You just bought a car. For real, and you just lost. My turn. Visit Carvana.com to shop for thousands of vehicles under $20,000. Introducing Just Calm, the breakthrough new stress-busting formula from Just Thrive. Just Calm's exclusive mood-lifting blend is clinically proven to help you relax and breathe a little easier. That's right. I recently suggested this product for a friend of mine who's feeling a little bit of extra anxiety lately. And guess what? It has been a game changer. For next level of mood and immune support, check out the award-winning Just Thrive Probiotic. It has 1,000 times better survivability than most probiotics and banishes bloat and constipation so your gut can produce more serotonin. Plus, it supports better sleep. Yes! With Just Calm and Just Thrive Probiotic, you'll have the ultimate stress-fighting duo to help you win the day every day, all with a money-back guarantee. So right now, go to JustThriveHealth.com and use code LADYGANG20 to get 20% off a 90-day bottle of Just Thrive Probiotic and Just Calm. That's like getting a month for free. This week's Off the Vine is sponsored by European Wax Center. Make a reservation today. Your first wax is free. Athena Club, sign up today and you'll get 20% off your first order. Just go to athenaclub.com and use promo code VINE. Peloton, visit onepeloton.com to learn more. And Progressive, quote your car insurance at progressive.com to join the over 27 million drivers who trust Progressive. Okay, Vino, spring has sprung. So take a real spring break and book yourself a moment of smooth at European Wax Center. It's so important to make time for you. And one of my favorite ways to do that is with a nice little wax. So make a reservation today. Your first wax is free. Hey, everybody. You're listening to Caitlin Bristow's podcast, Off the Vine. Take it away, Brie. Wine. Lots of wine. Hey, B on the mic. Turn it up. Let's go. Hey, ramen. Pino. Ready for the show? Everyone's welcome. So come on in because OTV is about to begin. Hey. Welcome to Off the Vine. I'm your host, Caitlin Bristow. Earth Day is this week, everybody. And if you don't know, now you know. And if there's one thing we all have in common... It's that we all live here. So I brought climate advocate and author Bonnie Wright to your ear holes, also known as Ginny Weasley for you Potterheads. She is here with me today to talk about things that we can all do to be a little better and save our planet. And she explains it in a way that we can all digest. And she has a book and it's called Go Gently. So it's not too overwhelming. There's no planet B, you know what I'm saying? Bonnie is a wealth of knowledge, so I hope you learn as much as I did today, and we can all work together towards making a difference. Hi, Bonnie. Hi. How are you? I'm very good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. I am just cozied up in my little PJs over here, ready to do a little podcast. (laughs) <laughs> I always try and be super comfy. I've got a blanket. I've got my little golden retrievers at my feet and uh, a better job in the world. Yeah, best place to be. It really is. Where are you right now? I am in San Diego right now. Oh, yeah. San Diego. Oh, that's one of my favorite places. I was just there. We had a Dancing with the Stars live tour and we stopped there and it was like the most perfect day. And I just, oh, it's just gorgeous there. Yeah, it's lots to do outside here and be yeah, by the beach. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Yeah, I appreciate course. it. 
I said in my notes, I was like, I have to address the elephant in the Zoom. You played a character, obviously, on Harry Potter. And it's I know it's been so many years and decades of, like, so many fans and people obsessed with the show. I have committed that next weekend, I have a down downtime weekend. I am going to binge watch Harry Potter. How long is it going to take me? Oh, that's going to take you a while, but it's a good commitment. And I think you'll get, by the second film, you're wanting to finish it all. So, but I don't know. I mean, some of the later films must be like two and a half hours long or something or three hours. And there's eight films. Well, oh, oh, shoot. There's eight. Yeah, there's eight. So you're going to have to, (laughs) might have to do an overnight kind of, you know, watching. That's okay. I have Friday, Saturday, Sunday with nothing planned. And anytime I tell people that I have not watched it, they look at me like I'm absolutely insane. And it's, I, I just feel like I'm like, how have I not done this? I'm so behind, but um, I'm going to spend a weekend binging and a lot to catch up on. But I do know the Harry Potter fans are diehards and they call themselves Potterheads, right? Yeah, they do. Yeah. There's even a band, I think, called like Harry and the Potterheads or something. So when you go out in public, uh, do you still get recognized by the Potterheads like uh, when you're out and about? Yeah, definitely. And I think what's so interesting about it now is you'll meet, you know, kids who weren't even born when we were making the films or the films are out. So this is kind of like new entire generation of Harry Potter fans as well, which is always so like wild to me to fathom that it will just kind of keep going. But yeah, definitely still get recognized. It can really depend where I am. If you're somewhere where it's, you know, busy and people are kind of looking around or more like tourist areas than often. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's do you, and do you still keep in touch with the cast? Cause I saw you guys just had like a reunion or something. Yeah, we did. Uh, we had a reunion back in November last year and it was, it was such a surreal and fun experience because I've seen people individually and maybe a couple of people, but to all be in one place at the same time was like, very surreal and just lovely to like catch up and like break down the whole experience on reflection of finishing. Yeah. When did it, what year did it start filming? Um, it started filming in like, I want to say 2000 or 2001 or something. I was nine and I'm 31 now. So what the heck do you even remember that time in your life? I mean, that was very like a obviously crazy time. So I feel like when you have these big moments in life, sometimes you'll remember them. But at the age of nine, I'm like, I have no idea what I was doing at the age of nine. I was probably like picking my nose and you were like having the biggest role of your life. <laughs> probably still picking my nose too, you know, doing normal <laughs> things too. Um, but I guess I have, yeah, like as we all do, those like weird moments and pieces of memory. I mean, I think honestly, the, the first day I stepped foot on the film set, I was in just one scene, the first film at the train station at King's Cross when they're all going to off to Hogwarts and I'm like a year below them. So I haven't, I'm not going yet to Hogwarts. And I remember that like very vividly. Mm-hmm. I just, just having absolutely no idea what I was doing and being quite like lost. Yeah. In, you know, probably was, didn't even need to act because my kind of wide-eyed thing was just naturally what I was doing. And then it was just this immediate kind of like family and we spent so much time together that, yeah. yeah. No kidding. I think part of my early childhood memories and certain things that really stand out to me was um, I grew up dancing. And so to have that little family that you spend every day with and you're doing something that you're passionate about with each other and you have no choice, but to hang out with them all the time, it's just, it becomes something so memorable. And then 
you go from such a huge role in huge movies and you are now a climate advocate. Now, I am so excited to talk to you about all this because I want to do better. And I love your whole motto of like going into it gently. And that's kind of your whole brand, which we'll get to. But what does it mean to you to be a climate advocate? And have you always been passionate about the environment? Yeah, I think without knowing it from kind of young age, I was definitely taught to be just kind of like, very mindful and not overuse things that I didn't need to or not overconsume or buy things that we didn't need or kind of not waste things kind of and be sort of like thoughtless, I guess. So there was definitely an intentional kind of way that I was brought up. And then I think I was always definitely the kid that loved to like take part in everything. So I think showing up to stuff and like physically showing up was definitely part of my kind of characteristic. And then when it came to environmental um, work, particularly, I have always loved the beach and the ocean. And I was really seeing firsthand how much more plastic pollution was ending up on the beach. And I was just really confused, like, why is this here? And why is this problem getting so bad? So that kind of led me to be curious. And then that led me to I think the minute you get really exposed into the reality of these issues, you have this joint feelings of feeling totally hopeless and then also really kind of angry and charged up so I kind of needed to understand where I could like put that energy and how could it be like sustaining too because I think you can easily like try everything feel like nothing is changing and then kind of get frustrated by it Okay, Vinos, you heard me talking about it at the top of the pod, but spring is officially here. So take a real spring break and book yourself a moment of smooth at European Wax Center. Smooth really is, in my opinion, always in season, but I especially love getting my smooth on when summer and like sunny weather starts to happen or is not far away. It's starting to get a little warm again, and I just love it. I just love it. Warmer weather means showing some more skin. It's always nice to have silky smooth skin to show off, even even if it's just for you, to be honest. I mean, you're the most important person to make happy. But really, no matter what the season, it is nice to do a little something for yourself once in a while. One of my favorite ways to have some good old me time, some KB time, is with a good old wax. European wax centers are truly the experts in waxing for everyone, so you know that you're getting the best of the best. The European Wax Center online booking system makes getting a reservation simple and straightforward. You can also use the EWC app to book your waxing service, which is super convenient. So spring forward into the new season by feeling good and book yourself a moment of smooth at European Wax Center. Make a reservation today and your first wax is free. All right, so shaving uh, isn't always a pretty process. There were some times, you know, on tour when I tried to shave raw dog. You know, you know. And uh, it was just really not ideal. Well, luckily, that problem has been solved beautifully with Athena Club. So let me tell you about these bad boys. Athena Club's razor is designed with built-in skin guards to help prevent razor burn hate razor burn while being gentle on curves so not only is this razor amazing but the razor kit is only nine buckaroos and comes with two blade heads a magnetic hook for shower storage and your choice of handle color they have six which are all so pretty and you'll never have to worry about running out of refills because you can choose how often replacement blades are sent to you with free shipping you also have to try their cloud shave foam I hadn't used shave foam in so long, honestly, but it is such a better experience and leaves my skin feeling so silky, smooth, luxurious. Mm, Trust me, you're going to want to try it. So show your skin you care with the Athena Club Razor Kit. Sign up today and you'll get 20% off your first order. Just go to athenaclub.com and then use promo code VINE. That's A-T-H-E-N-A club, C-L-U-B.com with promo code VINE for 20% off. Cowboy boots, they're just magic. 
They're magic. Walking around Nashville in a nice pair of boots is a whole vibe. A pair of jeans and my white Tacobas. Tacobas believes in Western for all. They've carried forward all of the time-honored traditions and quality that you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. So when you walk into a Tacoba store, you're going to be greeted like family. If you can't make it to a store, Tacobas delivers the most premium quality. Visit Tacobas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west as a special opportunity for my listeners. Tacovas has said they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 on Tacovas.com. So just use code VINE at checkout. That's V-I-N-E. It's about a $30 value and they sell fast. There are always new styles and looks. And again, for a limited time, just enter code VINE at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tacovas. Only at Tacovas.com. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. You're you're in California, but in Tennessee, I feel like nobody cares about recycling. And it is so interesting how each state is so different. Like like the recycling doesn't even come to my house sometimes and like it piles up and I feel like like half of my neighborhood doesn't even recycle. And for somebody like you who's doing so much and so passionate about it, it must be frustrating to be like, you're one person and you're really trying to help everyone. And that's why I'm excited to have you on the podcast, because I think your approach of go gently can help a lot of people and your voice. Obviously, you have a huge platform and you're able to go on these podcasts and inspire a lot of people. But I just can't imagine how frustrating that is when you're so passionate about something and you see so many people not even making small little changes in their life that could be so simple. So I think one of my favorite parts about podcasting is being able to learn from other people and having people teach me certain things. So can you tell me a little bit about Go Gently, both the book and the brand you've created from it? Yeah, sure. I guess, you know, the inspiration behind writing the book was I was doing these more kind of like bigger actions with Greenpeace that I began to work with and more sort of actions that were about changing policy or kind of calling out corporations and big businesses from the Pepsi to Coca-Cola's kind of, you know, polluting businesses. But then I would come home and I'd feel like actually my like home life and my day-to-day practices didn't necessarily reflect as much as I wanted to the things I care about. For instance, you know, you go into your life and there is single-use plastics everywhere but I was really worried about the amount of plastic pollution so in my own sort of like quiet intimate way I began to sort of like try and learn different you know shiftings of habits or how could I use less plastic like how could I buy something from somewhere else or cook more things from scratch or make my own products or get better at mending things or whatever that was just like I guess practices of being more resourceful and learn a bit more about my consumer choices and how to make better ones. Right. And I had been quietly kind of doing these at home. And then I realized, actually, maybe this is the most interesting part. These kind of quiet things that I've just been not really sharing. Mm-hmm. So that's what the book is about. Basically, me sharing all these different things that I've been interested in. And I think the most important thing or my intention behind the title and the whole 
book is really to make sure that people kind of don't take action because their friend is doing this one thing or they think they should, but actually like find some sort of intersection that meets them where they're at. It also meets their interests. Like, you know, I might suggest something that maybe of no interest to someone because they don't like that, but then three pages later, there's something that's like, okay, I get that. Like, I, I like that. So a big thing I kind of say in the book is to like find an issue you care about. For me at the beginning, it was single use plastics. Mm-hmm. And then in the sector, it was something I loved to do, which was cooking. So I just started in my kitchen because I think that's the hard thing. You can't like overhaul your life overnight. It just yeah. not. <laughs> that's why I love like it. Just, it even just sounds approachable when you say go gently. I'm like, I can do that. I can yeah. do that. So I think that's great. I always think about getting so overwhelmed if you like your your house, there's always something to fix. You've got to focus on one thing at a time and it, otherwise you're going to get so overwhelmed and then you're not going to do what you need to do. So yeah. it's probably the same thing when approaching like, a, you know, changing a bit of your lifestyle one step at a time to feel like you're living a more sustainable life and doing the right thing. Now I try and live sustainably, but I will admit like I... I do get overwhelmed, um, like you were just saying, uh, with the right and wrong thing to do. And so it just got me thinking the basics, like what does it mean to live sustainably? Yeah, I think for everyone that's different. And I think uh, I think a lot of the language around sustainability is kind of becomes quite, you know, it's used in a lot of consumer language or brands use things to make us think it's sustainable or whatever, or clean something, right. you know but that can be a lot of gray area in what that actually means. Like your, my understanding of sustainability could be very different to a brand saying that their thing is sustainable. So I think, you know, there isn't unfortunately actually realistically much that is truly sustainable unless it really was like a closed loop, something where there was no kind of byproduct or waste or whatever. Right. But I think to me, what living sustainably means is more like, implementing practices that you can actually sustain because I think if you just kind of do if all your kind of actions you take kind of ebb and flow and they're not kind of really committed yeah uh, then it kind of won't really make an impact because things take a long time so if you can sustain a simple practice that you do once a week like that could be you know sustainable and being more sustainable to the planet and I think you know it's mainly essentially just you know, there's no right or wrong sustainable thing. I really like try to stress that in the book that like there's no perfectionism within it because that kind of distracts us from just giving it a go. Right. I think what's more important is just being more informed in our choices. So when we are making choices or doing things, we can like weigh up the pros and cons of something as it relates to the environment. Totally. And I like if somebody was listening to this and they're like not even recycling. They're not doing anything. They just want to get started. What do you think the best way is, is like small steps that you can, I mean, of course, buying the, your book would be a great help, yeah. um, but what are other ways to like small steps to get started? Yeah. I think sometimes you, people can feel quite alone when they're trying to do these things. Yeah. So I think sometimes either it's like finding a friend, a family member, or a colleague or something to kind of do stuff together with, or mm-hmm. even, you know, whether that's even typing in your town and finding like an environment meetup group, even if that's maybe not, not even in person, it could be still virtual, whatever that may be. I think you can immediately get resources that might more match where you live. Cause a lot of these issues can 
change quite a lot to the town you're in. Like you're saying, like some places only are able to recycle certain things or whatever. So I think massively just connect to maybe a local kind of group or community. And then I would just try and really like hone in on maybe a more specific issue within the large umbrella of the environment. Like, you know, do you, or like I was saying, finding something you love, like, you know, it could be beauty. Do you look at your beauty products and the the ingredients that went into that and the practices that went into those cosmetics or the packaging of those cosmetics? Like, do you love sports? And you're trying to think about like maybe the, the pitch that you play your game in, like how environmentally friendly is like the practices of that pitch. I think, yeah, I think find something that's like, how do you relate to the environment? Like, what do you love about like, you know, how you connect with it? But yeah, I think it's hard to give one like blanket, like definite one start thing. I think people think like myself, even you think, oh, there's just got to be one step to get started. But now that you explain that, you're like, well, find something that like relates to you that you can just start off with. I was like, yeah, put your plastic in the recycling. Great. Let's start. <laughs> but you're right, there's so many other bigger, better ways to do it. And especially in your own community, I feel like there's, there's certain common habits that we all have, but what's like a practical way to change and make a difference. Like what's one simple practical thing that somebody like a common mistake people do in their everyday life that they wouldn't think of that. You're like, you probably do this every day. Instead, try this. Yeah, I guess a big thing is obviously not just recycling, but when another big thing that we throw away is like organic waste. So like food scraps and things that can biodegrade. And so if you could look into composting those food scraps, so basically giving them the environment that can allow them to turn into like healthy fertilizer to then help grow more plants. Now, obviously, um, for the first few years I started composting, I didn't have any space to do that. I was living in a kind of more apartment living so I went and found like a community drop-off to drop that compost Mm -hmm. or I know friends who have like clubbed together the five of them and they have one kind of compost unit so you can either buy units online that contain the compost and you can turn that into the fertilizer or you can quite simply create a mound in your yard in the corner so just simple things like that realizing that we actually don't need to put that in the general trash that will not really decompose at the rate it will if you compost it yourself I think it's quite a like overwhelming big topic again I kind of break it down in the book because it's kind of like how does that even happen you know it's quite hard to fathom but that's something that I really like to do and then I think another thing is a lot of the times that we can be more wasteful is when we're like in a rush, we're busy, we have a busy schedule. So I find that like, if I just think about my week ahead a little bit more and notice maybe times that I'm going to be, you know, on the go and need to get a coffee takeout, or I'm like, oh, actually I'm going to be out. Maybe I could pack lunch myself. And all those little moments can enable you to be just a bit more prepared and like have food for yourself on the go or bring your reusable cup knowing you're going to a coffee shop right organizational like just planning two days ahead I know you said earlier something about like calling out big corporations is that something you see moving in the right direction like with all these big brands that are just putting out so much you know plastic or like cups that aren't reusable do you see it moving in the right direction or is is do we still have such a long way to go? I think it's moving, but just at a pace that's just very frustratingly slow. And like, however much, you know, there's been so much work of different organizations campaigning against big organizations like that. And I think, you know, 
unfortunately, all those companies are led by the bottom line of like, what's the cheapest thing? And they'll do it often like virgin new plastic is even cheaper than recycled plastic, let alone cheaper than creating systems that are like refillable. Yeah. I think so many of these people, obviously they are based on customer opinion and, and they are, they will completely fall if no one starts buying coffee. So a massive part of it is to do with, you know, being heard, even if that's in your kind of personal, like the, the coffee shop that you go to, those companies have so much access to resources and, and ideas and materials that they could be shifting towards. Right. But it's that kind of sad thing that it's like driven by the bottom line. But the other thing it's really driven by is customers. So that is to do with like our opinions, calling them out. Yeah. Yeah. Quick little pause here to talk about one of my favorite things. And I'm talking about Peloton. I've been a fan for, well, since the pandemic started. And because of that, you would think I know everything there is to know about the bike and the app, but you'd be wrong. And that's because they always have so many new things to check out. And that really is just the best way to stay motivated, just keeping things fresh and fun in your workout routine. I'm so excited because one of the new things going on at Peloton is boxing, and there are no gloves needed, and you'll be sure to get a fast, furious, and fun workout, whether you have zero boxing experience or you're already a big boxing guy like like myself. They also have their artist series classes, which means that I get to work out to the music of one artist, say the Beebs, for example, which is one of my go-tos, for a whole class. And honestly, it's just the best. It really is so much easier to stick to your goals, I think, when you keep workouts interesting. And Peloton has a workout for every day and every schedule, such a huge variety, and I'm always finding something new to check out. So visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. That's O-N-E-P-E-L-O-T-O-N.com. This week's Off the Vine is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Most of you listening right now are probably multitasking. Yep, while you're listening to me talk right now, you're probably also driving or cleaning or exercising or maybe even grocery shopping. But if you're not in some kind of moving vehicle, there's something else you can be doing right now, and that's getting an auto quote from Progressive Insurance. It's easy, and you can save money by doing it right from your phone. Drivers who save by switching to Progressive save over $700 on average and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Discounts for having multiple vehicles on your policy, being a homeowner, and more. So just like your favorite podcast, duh, Progressive will be with you 24-7, 365 days a year, so you're protected no matter what. Multitask right now. Quote your car insurance at Progressive.com to join the over 27 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National annual average insurance savings by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2020 and May 2021. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. I know this is a tough question to answer, but like, where do you see our world in like, let's say a hundred years, are you worried about it then? Are you worried for like the next generation or do we have time to like make a difference? What is your thoughts on that? 
I think it's, I mean, it's impossible to know. I think it depends what kind of mood I'm in. The answer can change, you know, yeah. if I'm feeling like hopeful and positive and I've just woken up, then I'm like, everything's great. We're going to turn this around. And then come nighttime, I'm like, we're doomed kind of thing. So <laughs> I think my mentality is always more optimism. That's definitely a characteristic I go for. Right. But I think we can't wait for it to be done by someone else. Like it's quite clear that a politician is not going to, oh, I'm just going to write a great policy to help the people and the planet just all on my own. It doesn't work like that. So we do need to take responsibility, but it's this dual approach. Like we can't have the weight of the world on our shoulders. So I think it's always this kind of like, dual approach if you do get frustrated you know for me that's why I do these practices that are outlined in the book when I do get like totally overwhelmed I'm like you know what I'm just gonna go and like make myself a salad or I'm gonna go for a walk or I'm going to journal or whatever that may be to just like help you kind of bring yourself back to like a scale you can understand rather than this huge epic scale but Yeah, I think for me, I think for other generations too, I think, you know, when I meet kind of real like youth climate activists who are like in their teens, they are just like so intelligent. They see through all of the just like rubbish that can be told to us by politicians and corporations and they really seek transparency and they kind of get it. So I guess it's just that hard, like waiting for some people that are still in positions of power that feel like very of another time to kind of shift out and people with ideas. Because the thing is, the solutions all exist. It's just like there's other big companies and things like that and governments that are kind of in the way of the solutions. That's kind of the same thing in the world of like politics or you have all these kids who have so many ideas and who can, like you said, see through all of the bullshit and they have like, they're so intelligent and they want to make a difference. And I feel like there is a shift that will happen eventually. It's just like a matter of when waiting for that, like you said. Yeah. And I think it's like, also while those people wait, like even younger people who, you know, I feel like for me, when I was born, like it wasn't a topic everywhere but for so many people they've literally been born into this very kind of doomism language around their future so it is their reality so I think for them while they're obviously still believe and understand policy they're also just implementing the changes on their own in grassroots movements they're doing it they're kind of but I think what must be frustrating for those activists who are really doing this every day is the just like how slow things move mm-hmm. uh, really just like, we don't have that time so it's like yeah it's not even about patience sometimes or it being frustrating it's like it's literally the world that we are living in and going to live in and where what that's going to look like and you know earth day I always laugh at people when they like post a picture they're like I went to the dead sea like earth day is important but they just want to post a picture of something I'm totally making fun of my fiance right now he did that <laughs> like, but whenever I think about earth day I always think of the phrase like what you're taught in school, reduce, reuse, recycle. And I was, I was thinking about this before I came on this podcast. I'm like, what does that even mean? So I tried to do research, but again, it's like so overwhelming. There's so much information out there, but like in simple terms, what do these three words mean to you? Like reduce mm-hmm. what, reuse what, Re- like of course recycling, but there's so much more to that. Yeah, it's definitely like you say, like a, a saying that was around like when we were when we were younger. And yeah. it's interesting to me 
as I've learned more about recycling, I definitely have like lots of opinions on recycling, but we'll do reduce, reuse first. I guess reduce is obviously like don't buy more than you need and reduce, you know, really the amount you're doing and maybe bring balance into what you're doing. You know, a lot of people obviously talk about that with like food when it comes to kind of animal protein like it's not realistic I don't think for everyone to like eradicate that from their diet but could you just reduce the amount that you're having like that's as big of an impact and more realistic for like on a systemic level whether that's kind of reducing you know more wasteful type products in your home um so just yeah being more mindful of like what do you really need versus what you want I think that's something I need to focus on with, and as again, I was doing this research, I'm like, I have way too many candles because like the glass in all the, like I'm always, my garage piles up with glass that I take to recycling, but still glass is hard to break down, right? Like glass is something that we should be reusing, I guess. Yeah, exactly. So like then going on to the reusing, you know, like candles, for instance, like I found this local company that you can take back the glass and they'll re-pour the candle into that same glass. So, you know, things, people are coming up with these great ideas because we love the candle looks beautiful in the glass, but then what do I do with this now? Right. So yeah, upcycling and reusing things. So I don't know, I have a jar here that had like jam in it and I'm using it for a glass of water as simple as that maybe. And then, or it could be kind of repurposing and reusing it. A lot of people, you know, have done that a lot in clothing and fashion is that about repurposing, you know, something by altering it that you didn't like before. And now you've like altered this skirt you had and you've repurposed that because you've given it a new cut or something, Mm -hmm. you know, or just containers to store food or, you know, you know, they will just had food in it before. And then recycling, as you say, like when that, reduce reuse recycling kind of came out it was very much at the same sort of time when recycling was beginning to be sort of like told to us that it was a good thing um and I think the very complicated thing about the recycling system it was actually really heavily funded by the fossil fuel industry the petrochemical industry Ah. because they were making plastic so there was this moment in time where people were like maybe this plastic isn't that great kind of thing. I think it was in like the early eighties or late seventies and the plastic industry who make, who are the same, the fossil fuel industry are the same thing as the plastic industry. We're like, Oh no, like our plastic sales are going down. Let's create a great system where it, it, we tell people it's good for you because we can recycle it. Right. They basically lobbied and spent a lot of money to make us all think that like, oh, it's fine. We can buy plastic bottles of water all the time because it'll just be recycled. But the reality is it's not really recycled plastic. It's kind of downcycled to make make more sense for people like a plastic water bottle that you may even put in the recycling bin. Most of the time that will be downcycled to a plastic that's got less strength and less properties to it so it won't often become another plastic bottle so there's only so far like when does it end on the scale and right so the recycling one i think is like while yes we should all recycle what we can i think it's more like actually how do we not put it even in the recycling yeah that's a good point like i feel like there's so many rules and stuff around recycling and people are like they think of recycling and they think, well, I'm doing something good, but that's an even 
you know, further step to take is to not even have to recycle it to do, you know, reuse glass and other things that you can do around your household. I know like I've been lately going back to the kitchen or stuff in your fridge. If I see that, like, I'm probably not going to use the rest of my carrots or tomatoes. I'll like put everything in a freezer bag and just put it in the freezer. And then I'll like make a soup out of it. And I got that idea from something I saw off Instagram and I was like, Oh, that's such a good idea. I, I hate wasting food. And I think going back to our point earlier about finding something that like relates to your passion about it's, it's doing that one small step and then thinking, okay, what else can I do? What else, you know, what other things are around my house that I could reuse? And I know one of your YouTube videos, you you suggested doing a trash audit. Mm -hmm. Can you explain to my listeners what that is and why someone would want to do this? (laughs) Yeah, sure. It basically is to come, I mean, in my book as well, I kind of use this similar idea, but I call it just like an inventory table for anything in your life. But essentially the trash audit is, you know, sometimes we just kind of forget what we put in there. We just don't even think about it. And we don't really ever truly like hold something and really like ask questions about it. Right. Called wish cycling, which is like, you just like hope it's going to be recycled. You just put it in there, which we're all, you know, very, we've all done. So the trash audit is like, say you could take three to five items out of your recycling and your trash, like five total, and just kind of lay them on the table and just be like, okay, what is this soft potato chip bag made out of? And you kind of look a bit closer in the packaging or you do some research and you realize, okay, this soft type of plastic packaging actually isn't recycled. So maybe you put it in your recycling, um, but you you've from research, you realize that actually can't be recycled. So unfortunately that has to go in the trash and then you could pick up a soda can and you're like okay this is aluminium aluminium is infinitely recycled and pretty much all across america is recycled and it is truly turned into another soda can aluminium is kind of the best material on the recycling chain and so on and so forth you kind of take an item you ask questions and like do i really know what this is made out of or oh this is kind of made out of like mixed materials like what right so yeah it's just kind of like a practice of being a bit more kind of like you know getting a kind of closer look on these things that we just are a bit careless with I mean even clothes I saw one where you went through your entire closet which Mm -hmm. I would want to do um but obviously I want to do it the right way if somebody was to go through their closet you're saying like you shouldn't throw it in the garbage right like throwing clothes in the garbage why is that why is that bad for the environment Sure. I mean, you know, the fashion and textile industry is like one of the most, you know, wasteful industries in terms of the amount of stuff that is sent to landfill. Just obviously fast fashion, the way that fashions and trends move. So many brands make clothes so quickly. Right. That are inexpensively made. The quality is not very good. And people will just, you know, maybe wear them four times and throw that item out. So there's a lot of waste from you know clothing and textiles so why we don't want to throw that away is because it won't really nothing really properly biodegrades in a landfill you know there's soon just going to run out of space to have landfills so other things that you could do obviously is you could donate that to you know kind of like a a donation or thrift store you could obviously resell it like obviously the resale market these days is like massively booming and a lot of people, you know, resell their clothing online. You could even find a more specific like homeless shelter or shelter to specifically take those clothes to that, you know, are just going to someone else. 
Or there are also places that you can recycle textiles. You kind of have to like send your clothing away in like a bag, but that those textiles will actually be recycled and respun into new clothing. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know there's places that do yeah. that. Yeah. I just take, like, I just cleaned up my closet not that long ago, but I took seven huge bags to the Salvation Army. This just triggered my brain with the Kardashians. Why do they feel the need that they can resell their clothes? Do they need any more money? What, like, I just, I saw that, like, Chris and Kim, they resell their clothes. And I'm like, that money could be going towards, like, where's that money going? They're donating the money that they're selling their clothes. Gosh. Yeah. It's wild. And you were, we were talking about clothes, obviously. A few years ago, you collaborated with Fair Harbor on a swimwear collection. And that was all made from recycled plastic bottles. How that is amazing. How does that process even work? Like, how do you turn recycled plastic bottles into clothing? Yeah. So, similar to how I was saying, like, how a lot of plastics are like, you know, changed into different types of plastic. You know, there's about seven types of plastic. And so, with the PET, which is the type that a plastic, a plastic water bottle is made out of, yeah. that the most often thing that that is recycled into is kind of like a nylon fabric, because obviously, Anything that stretches from yoga leggings to a swimwear is made from, you know, polyester like nylon. Yeah. So essentially, there are facilities that like make, you know, recycle and you know, break down the particles of a plastic bottle and make it into spinnable like nylon thread. Right. That's, that's wild. I feel like people would never know that. You know what I mean? Like you would never know that you can do something like that. You think about plastic and you're like, why would I want to wear that? Another significant way you made a difference is by creating the Waste Watch Group, which is a sustainability meetup group. So where can people go if they're listening to this and want to get involved in that? Yeah, so I started that with my friend Georgia before. It was kind of before the pandemic. We were both living in the same city and then the pandemic hit and we sort of weren't able to do physical meetups because we were like, we wanted to find somewhere to go and meet up and sort of not be on on our own in this kind of like challenge. So it basically started as a small little meetup group on my living room floor and developed into kind of bi-monthly meetups of like about 70 people. And we used to kind of curate these like talks with like a panel of, of speakers around a certain topic. And it was so interesting. And I met so many great people through that, but then the pandemic hit and we kind of haven't restarted it back up again, but it did just always that whole process remind me of like just the importance and like sense of relief I think you can feel when you're just around other people talking about these things and how much quicker like shared resources can happen like someone may be like oh I tried this the other day or I just signed up to this thing and how quickly you can like gain information that of course we can gain online but like there's nothing beats kind of like real one-on-one kind of conversation so I'm not still doing that at the moment but I feel like there are definitely other kind of similar type groups in different towns and cities I'm honestly inspired to I'm going to look up in my community groups like this because I don't know if it's just Tennessee I'm from Canada and I feel like my dad and my mom and everyone has like a whole system with their food scraps and everything like it's amazing and then I feel like everyone in Tennessee now I don't know if that's a people around us too or other states but I feel like the state specifically does not do a lot of recycling so I'm curious to see what you know who's in my community that does stuff like that uh every podcast that I do I have my guest confess something to me
Well, I guess, I mean, I can say things about my own personal life, but I think what's quite like good to admit in talking about all these actions you can take. Yeah. People made the assumption that like everything I do is now like perfectly environmentally kind of friendly. And that's just not the truth. Like I definitely am the first to admit that, you know, I can get a craving and I want a certain type of food that is like, you know, highly packaged in plastic or imported from really far away. Yeah. But, you know, it could be, I don't know, I'm having a down day, I'm on my period and I want all of those snacks or whatever it may be. Or it could be, you know, down to like, I wish cycled and I definitely threw something in the trash that like actually afterwards I'm like, oh damn, I realized that's not where I meant to put it. And I'm in bed lying there and I can't be able to get up and, you know, out the trash and put it in the recycling. All those like human moments of, yeah, just like admitting that just because you made that right choice one day, like other days can happen and you like to do things, whether that's like, you know, you still like to travel or you have a car, like all those kind of realistic things that quote unquote are kind of can create you know carbon emissions right do it in balance and you like admit to those things I think it's like better so I don't know if that gives you a specific thing but yeah that's good I think it's I mean that's people would assume that you you know have all these perfect things but I think it I always love when people you know can be real and be like actually just because I'm passionate about this doesn't mean I'm perfect at it you Mm -hmm. you know that's we can all feel yeah. human in that way too well where can people get your book and do you like on your instagram i know you share a lot so give everybody your instagram and where they can buy the book so people can that's even a small set people could take right there is just yeah, following you and reading your book and that's what i really wanted to do with the book like i think you know we can obviously follow people and can watch things online but i really wanted to focus on having a book that could be like a real resource that was just like it out so yeah, the book is called Go Gently and it's out on the 19th of April in um, the US, North America and, and the UK. And my Instagram is this is be right. And then my, the book has one too, gogently.earth. Uh, and our website is the same, gogently.earth. Um, and yeah, everything's on my website doing different things around the book and hopefully get to connect with more people. I love that. You have such a lovely voice too. I'm like, is it an audio book or is oh, it yeah, one of those things yeah. that you kind of like need to have in your hand to look? Yeah. So I did the audio book, which is quite a strange, surreal experience, like reading out my own writing. Yeah. So yeah, you can also listen to me reading you the book too. <laughs> That's, um, my fiance did the audio book recording. He's like, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. He's like the reading and <laughs> Hearing your own thoughts and reading them out specifically and doing that for like eight hours a day. I was like, my gosh, I didn't even think about that. That is a lot. <laughs> and you keep getting stuck on this one sentence. You're like, well, I wrote that. So I can't really like blame yeah. anyone else that it's hard to read. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. And you've inspired me and I know you'll inspire a lot of people that listen to this podcast as well. So we'll get everybody to go get the book. And yeah, I can't wait to start making my own small steps. And it's, I, you're just a ball of knowledge when it comes to this kind of thing. And it's just fascinating and it makes me want to learn more. So thank you for doing what you do. Yeah, of course. I appreciate that. And I'm really uh, hope that more people will be inspired and uh, enjoy the book. I'm Caitlin Bristow. I'll see you next Tuesday. Thanks for listening to Off the Vine with Caitlin Bristow. Get new episodes every Tuesday exclusively on podcastone.com, the Podcast One app, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts.
This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.